Welcome to Run With Purpose. This is episode number 40. For those of you that are new to the show, my name is Flores, and I'm so very glad that you found this podcast. Would love you to subscribe, and you can always reach out to me on all the socials at flores.run, as long as Facebook or Instagram doesn't block you from trying to find me because of the dot. Um, This week, uh, I have a a dear friend as a guest. Um, A few weeks ago, I had an opportunity to visit uh, my buddy Mike in LA. He's the uh, the subject of Chasing Heartbreak. If you haven't seen that yet, um, check out the link on my Instagram page or YouTube or wherever you're watching this video. Um, you can check out that film, but it was basically a recap of his story of running all of the U.S. Uh, marathon majors in a row. So he did Chicago, New York, and then Boston. Um, but it was really, it was not as much about the race per se, but more about the the journey of getting to, to each one of those start lines and kind of what that meant to him. Because each race meant something a little different um, to him. And I, I wanted to f- finish this film last May, <laughs> um, but, you know, things got busy and things happened and, you know, thank goodness. Can I say thank goodness for Corona? Um, that, you know, I was able to get some of this stuff done. So, but, uh, but yeah, so today I have Mike on the show. Mike, thanks so much for joining me. Happy to be here. Uh, you can only say thank goodness for Corona if you ran out of literally every other beer. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I can't think of, I don't know when we did that crap beer episode a while back, uh, on the other podcast, I think, was it like, um, uh, was it ice house ice house was the the dish different so like i will take a corona over an ice house but i think ice house is a, is a malt beverage so maybe i'm getting them confused anyways it doesn't matter um but yeah if you could mike i say like we're just going to jump right into the film and kind of the process and stuff there can you is there anything you wanted to share like from that journey that kind of uh we weren't able to capture obviously the the film was already 40 minutes long i probably could have made it a two-hour film but i didn't want people to fall asleep during it um so is there anything like from that journey that you kind of like took away from it oh man i mean like you said the year in between when we filmed and when it came out you know you kind of you kind of forget about all the emotions around the race and you know that was such a huge focus of mine, not just last year, but, you know, for the five years before that. And then, you know, after Boston, that was a huge, you know, accomplishment for me. And then kind of running took a backseat, uh, again, and then to have all these things to see everything that you, you shot and to kind of relive that experience was pretty emotional. And it just kind of like put in perspective, uh, you know, where I was in that phase of my life. I mean, it was only a year ago but to just like see, to put myself back in that mindset. Um, and it's actually been pretty cool as a couple of my friends have seen the, the documentary people I worked with back in Chicago and then some friends from college. And they were like, Oh man, like, you know, we always knew that you were into running. We always knew that Boston was like a, such a huge deal for you, but like we never really got it and we never yeah, really like yeah. got you. And like now like really puts why you were working so hard to get that goal in perspective. And like, we understand you a little bit better. So I think that's probably like the coolest takeaway, you know, Mm -hmm. I was, you know, the, the five years before or leading up to those, that race, I was in my residency in Chicago and, you know, it was orthopedic surgery residency. And for people who don't know, that's basically the stuff you see on like, uh, you know, Grey's Anatomy, like working like 80 hours a week and like living inside the hospital. That's why it was called residency initially. So it's a pretty tough time and you don't really have a lot of time to like train and have other goals. And for me to 
carve out a couple hours every day to focus on running. And, you know, for, for someone in, in that profession, or at least in that stage of life, I would consider running at a higher level. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, for me at the time in my head, I'm like, yeah, this this is like really tough, but a lot of people (laughs) were just like, you're just a, you know, you're just a crazy runner guy. Like we don't get it. So now to come full circle and it's, you know, a year later, a year after my residency and, and for people who were, who were around me in that stage of life to be like, wow, yeah, we, we get it now. That was really cool. Yeah. I think, I think that's an important part of it because a lot of people don't see, they don't see the grind you put in. They're like, yeah, I know you run and I, you know, I've seen these little things, but then when you kind of, when you're watching it, you can definitely see when you're talking about in each one of like the interviews that we did for each city, you can kind of see like a little bit of yourself, like coming through of like how much it took for you to get to each to, to the start lines, you know, at at a marathon to begin with, but much less the actual full story of getting to, to Boston and getting to that start line and everything you had to go through to get to that point. I think the film definitely, um, shows that because of the way you shared each one of the races and kind of what it meant to you. And I think a lot of people don't think about that. They just think of, Hey, you just want to be fit, you know? So that's why you run. Cause you're trying to be fit and that sort of thing. And it's like, yeah, you know, maybe initially it starts that way. Cause you're like, yeah, this is a good, it's a good activity. It doesn't really cost anything other than shoes and then races and all that kind of stuff. But really it's, it's relatively inexpensive compared to most of the other fitness. I mean, gym memberships are 50, 60 bucks a month. If you go to a cheaper gym. So it's like, it's, it is physical fitness, but it gets to a point where it becomes more than that, where you're kind of pushing yourself, finding your limits and doing that kind of thing. I think you said it in the Chicago portion, um, talking about, you know, that's how goals should be, you know, it should be something that's just hard enough for you to, to strive for, and it should be meant specifically for you. So, I mean, uh, I was just, I was super honored that I was able to, uh, to shoot this and kind of share it with the world. Yeah. I mean, it was, it was great having you and, and having you document that. I mean, just for me and, and my family, it like means so much to have that kind of chronicle. I mean, it's something I'm probably will keep with me for the rest of my life. And like, you know, if I ever need a reminder of like all those feelings that we had around that time, now I have it. And I don't think a lot of people get that opportunity. So that, that was really cool. Yeah. Um, I, I think, I think the only other thing I would, I wish we had was like footage of me like in the interim yeah. like training and yeah, like you know sure. get it, getting home from work at like 7:30 after being there for like 12 hours and being like and like putting on running shoes in the winter time in Chicago and like going out for a run like I should have told Kayla that. that I should have just quit my job and just lived with you and just like basically yeah. like real world I mean, you could have just had her feel, I mean, you know, I had a bigger beard at the time. You could have just like acted like you were me and had her film you like, okay, I'm going out for a run. Oh man. Being a doctor's tough. All right. See you later. Doctor stuff, medical terms. And like, I'm just watching house the entire time. Yeah. Yeah. You can do on the like director's cut or something like that. It's like, that'd be a lot of like CG work to kind of like just green screen my face out and just have that, like your face just like floating on top of my body kind of thing. Like this is where I'm running. Like, Hey, if if star Wars can do it, I think you can do it. (laughs) I'm not definitely not on George Lucas level, but, um, one thing people may not know is so Mike and I go way back. I probably should have started with this of kind of how Mike and I know each other. We, um, we both lived in Wellington, Florida. Uh, we both moved there the same year and, and we're kind of the, 
newer kids to our, our group of friends and to that, to that class. And, uh, because we were the, the newer ones, um, Mike was a, uh, is, a, is a Yankees fan and I'm a Mets fan. So it was like, naturally we're like, well, we hate each other, but we love each other at the same time. Um, and I think that kind of just like sparked things and we just became good friends because we hadn't grown up. And most of the people we went to school with like grew up together kind of thing. And, and yeah. since we didn't, we had, kind of had that bond. And uh, I mean, we hung out quite a bit and then went to school. I didn't, I didn't go to UF because I didn't want to pay an application fee. Um, cause I'd already gotten to college. So why do I need to do that? And then five colleges later. Um, but then, you know, you go to, uh, to medical school in Tampa and then you go to Chicago and I was like, well, I'm already in Ohio. And I mean, Mike and I, I can't remember. It's probably, it was probably like six or seven trips we did back and forth now. Uh, yeah. I mean, especially if you count the, uh, the trips for filming. Yeah. I think I, 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 I think meant I just like involved. seeing you in Chicago, like before even the filming stuff. Yeah, I think I was in Columbus. Either. It must have been either three or four times. Yeah, and I'm sure Chicago about the same too. So, yeah. Um, so I think I think we traded like uh, you know one trip every every year, which was which was good. Yeah, so it definitely helped us keep keep in touch and that sort of thing. And then Mike actually helped um, pace me, and, you know, coach and pace me for for my PR in the marathon down in Georgia. So. Um, not that it was kind of like a, a payback to him, but I wanted to kind of um, do something for him as well. And that's kind of where my idea for the, the film came in is because um, I knew he had been trying to get into Boston, Boston. And I remember the couple years before we had thought you were, you were going to be in there. So we we're like, book the flight and all the stuff. And you're like, yeah, that's not happening. And you're like, sorry, dude. Um, and then you, then you did qualify uh, again and were and actually accepted is probably the better way of saying it. you were accepted. You qualified it almost every single time. Um, but you were accepted at that point. And then, you know, I was literally I was like, well, I'm going to be there period. And then, then that kind of turned into, well, shit, you, you were going to run Chicago. Cause you, I don't know if it was, a, I don't know. Did you have a qualifying or did you just do it again? Uh, I had a qualifying, but what, ha what happened was, is, um, every year I would just submit the application for New York just because it's a lottery and it was a free app free to apply to the lottery um, after some lawsuit that we don't really need to get into, but they used to, they used to, they used to, <laughs> after their lottery, yeah. After like the literally New York yeah. state lottery laws. Yeah. They were like, you can Oh, you, we, there's only one lottery in this town. And so <laughs> town ain't big it. enough for the both of yeah. us, but I was, I was basically applying every year and then they got rid of the, um, there was a, a rule that if you, if you applied and didn't get in like five years in a row, you'd automatically get it on the sixth year, but they got it. They did away with that. So, it was like super difficult to, to get in without a time, time qualifier or if you're not a New York roadrunner or not through charity, um, just by like general admit. So I would just like throw my hat in the ring. And then as I was training for the race that ultimately got into Boston, I found out like, oh, sweet. Um, I got into New York. The, the reason why there was a, uh, an overlap is Chicago, um, maybe I think the year that you and I ran it, which would have been 20... 16. Yeah. Um, they changed when their registration window was. So instead of registering in the spring, you know how to register like in November, right after the, right after the hmm. October race. Hmm. Um, so you basically had to decide you're doing Chicago again, a whole year in advance. So, I mean, like I live in Chicago. I didn't have a fall race at the time. Like Chicago's an awesome race. Like I'm going to do Chicago again. So that's why I would, that's why I ended up having both races. Like Chicago was, gotcha. um, I had qualified, um, 
because the qualifying for, for Chicago actually isn't tough. Like for my age group, it was like three, three fifteen. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you get an automatic qualification spot. Uh, and then, and then New York was a, was a pleasant surprise. I'm like, okay, well, I guess I'm going to run both. Yeah. And I remember when you told me, told me about New York and stuff like that, like then, then all of a sudden, like my filmmaker minds, I'm like, well, shit, like I like going to New York and I have, I have family there. So I had a place to stay. It wasn't going to cost me anything, just a flight over there and food and stuff. So I was like, it's like, I wonder if we could do this, like film thing where we're kind of documenting each one of these races. And again, yeah, it would have been amazing if I would have been able to get your training and get all these things and like get more from like the previous races, your qualifying races and all of this stuff. But again, that's, that's hindsight. I would have been filming for five years trying to put together a bunch of other stuff, which would have been amazing, but you know, it is what it is, but um, it's not that compelling of a story. No one like, no one really cares about someone who runs, you know, a three twenty at Boston, their first Boston. I mean, yeah, but I, I, I don't know. I think a lot of people can get to the fact of, you you run the first one and i had to put the picture of you f- after that first marathon because you're wearing that long sleeve shirt um and yeah. that was like your post-race shirt but i'm like no he was wearing a long sleeve shirt and he almost died during the yeah. race in florida and i'm like i, I think- almost wore tights too <laughs> just because i was stubborn and i like had a sweet pair of tights i'm like i'm wearing these for the race this is happening um yeah but i think i think it, it definitely resonates with a lot of people because it's the idea of I can, I can get there. Like, yes, it's going to take work. Like it's not just going to just happen. Like if I put in the work, I have the ability to do it. And here's like common folk, if you will. And I think that's why I like telling stories like yours or when I told like John's and stuff like that of, you know, it's common folk type stories that, you know, we can still accomplish just having lives and having jobs. And especially you, you know, with residency and dealing with all of that, like the time commitment that it took to get there. I think it definitely, um, speaks to, if you put in the work, you can get things done for sure. Um, Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So I'm trying to think of a nice way to segue into this, but we talked a little bit about the filming and how we, we travel back and forth. So basically, yeah, once we, um, once you, you got into all the races and we were basically flights were booked, things were happening. This was going to be a thing. Um, we tried working out like a plan of how we were going to film. And I think I switched this plan up like three or four times. Like I think it was initially, it was going to be like three episodes and we were going to talk about each one. And then it was going to be like, each one was going to be specific. And we were going to talk like kind of how we ended up with like Boston being at the end. Um, and then by the time we got to Boston, I was like, redo all of it. I didn't like any of it because the funny thing was, and I think, I don't know if you remember this, my camera that I use to film with now, I got it like 10 days before Chicago. Like yeah. I didn't even know how all the buttons worked on it. And I'm like, yeah, let's uh, start filming a documentary. It's, oh, it's also pouring down rain in Chicago and I'm running around with a $2,000 camera. Like, ah, I hope this doesn't get damaged. <laughs> <laughs> Where do I put the film? Yeah. Yeah. It's like, where does this go? Like, do I have someone holding a microphone? Um, but the, the process was kind of fun and and you guys probably see it when you watch the film of kind of the, the comfort level of, of walking around, having a camera follow you. Tell me a little bit about like what went through your head, like, like from Chicago to Boston, like kind of the difference there. I mean, yeah, you know, like he says, like the story of the common man. And I'm like, I never had a, a camera following me around before. And, you know, you're coaching me up before we shoot for the first time in Chicago. And you're like, you know, just act natural, just like do your thing. And it's weird. Cause I'm like, you're the only one here with me. Like I want to just talk to my friend, but now I have to just like 
walk on the street while my friend <laughs> is with me, but like, I'm not allowed to acknowledge his presence. Uh, so it's like, okay, that's cool. So like, I don't know if you noticed there's a, I guess it was in the film. Like when, like I see my sister for the first time or like we walk through registration in Chicago. Yeah. It's almost like a moment like, Oh, thank God I have someone else here to like talk to that way. Like I don't need to like pretend that John's not here. Yeah. It's like, it's like, no, there's no one else around. I, I don't know who this cameraman is. Yeah. You can see it. Like when you're like putting your arm around your sister or whatever the case may be, or like high five, like it's, it's very apparent. You're like, perfect. I can, I can actually ignore the camera and not be worried that I'm being awkward. I can just be doing whatever I'm doing and someone's capturing it. Cause I know yeah. we had that same thing in New York. Cause my cousin, met up with us for a little bit but then when he left it was the same kind of thing of i'm literally just we're like walking around central park or we're going through the subway or whatever and it's just like me holding a camera like beside you and it's like to people the, the new yorkers they're just like we see this all the time like it's another stupid yeah. vlogger probably um but yeah it was it, it was it was a kind of a funny I don't know. I found it super hilarious, like in Chicago, especially like when we went out with your family, like to lunch and stuff like that. And you're talking to, uh, I, I feel like an ass cause I don't remember her name. What, what's, uh, Rachel, uh, my no, sister's friend, Rachel. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Where you guys were like eating lunch and you're like talking back and forth, but it's like, I can't, I don't use any of the audio, but it's like, he's shooting a video of us right now. Can you see what he's doing? And I'm just like, that's hilarious. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I, and I think once like, you know, there was a moment, I think you included in the film, like when I get off the subway and see you for the first time in New York, like I hadn't seen you in a month. So obviously we're going to say like, Hey, what's up? I'm just going to say like, you know, F this, yeah, F yeah, this, yeah. Uh, this filming. Um, but then I think after that, and then especially in Boston, like I was pretty conditioned yeah. to having you around, but also I had like a bunch of other people there. I mean, like my best friends from medical school, were there my sister was there my dad and his fiance were there so it makes it a little and, easier to ignore yeah and part of it was also like me trying to like act cool so these other people act cool you know like <laughs> right right like oh like don't mind him he's just gonna be here and we're all gonna like do this you know we'll just go about our day yeah it's like are we are we not going to acknowledge that guy that's peeing in the yeah. corner right now like what's going on like <laughs> he's definitely there i see him um that's funny but i think to that point like you said with new york of like screw it i'm saying hello kind of thing at the beginning i included that like for a reason because i felt like chicago was a, a tougher one because i was obviously getting used to the camera we were trying to figure out we didn't even know, i didn't even know what this documentary was going to be i was like we're going to film chicago and we're going to see what happens and then we're going to go from there and see kind of what we can capture from it and then by the time we got to New York, I, I had gotten obviously more comfortable with my gear and, and the documenting process itself. I actually had done another film in between that month period. Um, so I was a little more comfortable using it and, and, and how to, to, how I wanted to tell the story where I, I wanted it to feel real. Like you, like yeah. there, there's a, a subway scene where we're on the subway and you're literally talking to me, but I just have the camera like down below shot at a different angle. Cause I'm like, no, it's like, this needs to be, it's going to be very apparent that it's just me and you. So we need to figure out how to get through that awkwardness kind of thing of like, all right, though, let's document it as though it's me and you. Um, and I think we were able to, to kind of push that along. And I think we did it in the Boston thing too. Like you were walking down the street and we're talking and stuff like that. So I think it didn't, it didn't look too awkward. I don't think. Yeah. Well, and it's interesting. You mentioned how like the, your idea, for what the film was going to be like evolved over time. I remember you and I were just kind of like 
brainstorming and you were like, you know, this is like the journey to Boston or doing all the three majors. And then I was like, do you want to like talk to family and friends? Like, are are we going to do like separate interviews and stuff like that? And then eventually it just ended up being like me. Well, you, your filmmaking was the narrative, like all the video that you shot, was kind of like a narration itself, but then it just ended up like being me with the only one speaking. Um, so I don't know what, what, I guess I'll ask you, like what made you decide to not get other people's perspectives and include them? I think what, what changed for me was the initial idea was like you just said, talking about the world majors, you're doing each one of the world majors kind of highlighting them. Cause you know, I asked for, I asked press releases for every single city. They all said no. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, come on guys, just give me a press pass so I can go wherever I want. And they're like, no, you literally have no publication. Like you have a YouTube channel. I'm not giving you press access to the Boston marathon. I'm like, well, you're lost. Um, they're like who? And then, um, but I think initially my thought was to kind of like to highlight the races themselves. And then the more we actually talked about it, I mean, we obviously, I knew your story. I knew the journey. I knew every single race because every time you had a race, I was texting you right afterwards or looking at the results, like trying to figure out what it is. I, I still remember it would have been, um, a monumental marathon in Indy. We yeah. actually had a hangry race that day. And I was like, cause I was like, Oh shit, I'll come see you. And, and I was like, I can't cause that's when hangry is. And then literally like I'm at the start line of our race and I'm like refreshing the, the results be like, you should have finished. You should have finished. You should have finished. What's going on? So I, I'm, I was just as invested in it there. So like the more we started talking about it, I realized I didn't care about the race. I didn't care about the city of Chicago or the city of New York or the city of, Baltimore. I didn't care about any of that stuff. I cared about your journey and like what it meant to you. And I felt like if I would have gotten interviews from your family or friends and stuff like that, it would have been more about like how, how they perceived your running. And, and kind of like we talked about early on is people don't get to see that, that side of like, like the, the raw emotion of this is what I had to go through to get here. They just usually see the result or see the, the progress you've made. They don't see like the, the day in and day out of it most of the time. So I think I, I felt like interviewing other people may have taken away from your story and made it more about, I don't know, made it more about you as a runner rather than you as a person, if that makes sense. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. Cause I know we were going to talk about like interviewing your sister for Chicago and then interviewing your dad while we were in Boston and stuff like that. And it just, it, part of it was a timing thing too. If the timing was better, I probably would have done it and then seen if I liked it or not. Um, but I don't, I don't know. I felt while I was processing through the files, obviously I had a year to go through them. Um, I mean, and I told you this, I've, I created and deleted probably four or five, um, edits of that film like full edits, like everything but sound design was done. And I was just like, nah, don't like it. And just control all delete. And I was wow. like, and, and just trying to figure out what, what told your story the best way. Again, I know you didn't have any like expectations of you're just glad that I was there document. I was there cheering you on there to document it. And, and that was kind of, that was it, you know, whatever came of it came of it. <clears throat> but I wanted to make sure I, got, got it across to people. If you know, you came up with that title of chasing heartbreak. I called it journey to Boston because again, I was thinking of the three races and then you brought up heartbreak Hill and all that stuff. And 
And that's why I was like, you, when you said chasing heartbreak, I'm like, that's it. That's the title. 100%. And that mindset kind of gave me is like, no, this is, this is your story to tell. I don't want to hear what other people see from the outside of you getting in there because they, they see some of the sacrifice. They don't see all of it. Um, so that, that was kind of, I guess that's a long answer to my wide interview people. If that makes sense. Yeah. I don't have any other follow-up questions for you. It's your podcast. <laughs> Wait, I have a podcast. <laughs> what is going on here? What weather looks nice there today. What's a, is it, is it your typical 73 and sunny? The weather's nice every day. It's Los Angeles. Do you remember, ever, so remember, remember how we were talking about June gloom when you were here? Yeah, so yeah. it's like in July now, but it, it burns off around like noon every day. So it was actually kind of like uh, um, gray and windy this morning. Yeah. And then, and then now it's this. So. <laughs> and now it's, now it's Southern California. <laughs> tough, tough life. Yeah. Uh, my back is still like peeling from our surf lessons, by the way. Uh-huh. Yeah, my uh, the, my right shoulder that was facing the sun during our four mile walk that <laughs> didn't fare too well. Yeah, pretty, pretty much a white boys out on the beach and do surf yeah. lessons. It wasn't a wasn't ideal, but that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about the uh, the film. But so, like, what were your like overall like? I guess what were your like your first impressions of when you saw it? Because I kind of I kind of kept it a surprise. I knew I was going to be done with it. Once I found out I was going to be going to LA, I was like, all right, I need to get this shit done. Like, I want to get this done. and I kind of want to surprise Mike with it. And then I sent it to you like two days before I came or, or a day before I came. So like, what were your like over, why should people watch this? Yeah. Um, that's, that's a good, if you have 43 minutes and you have nothing else to do now, um, the, the thing that that I took away from it most was just like reliving the like emotions of it. You know, like I tend to be a planner. I mean, I think you have to be in order to like, um, uh, you know, uh, uh, achieve those, those kinds of goals. You have to just like plan out every detail of your life. And, and you even saw when we were in Chicago, like it was my sister's race. Um, and I wanted to, and I know what it's like when you, when you have a very important race and, um, but you're also trying to like herd cats, like your family and, you know, Dude, I'm surprised you didn't knock somebody out in Chicago. Yeah. You're like trying to set up and I've been there before and I really wanted to not subject her to that because she was stressed out as it is. Like it's supposed to be super relaxing for her. It's super chill. Um, so to kind of, and then I guess to give a little backstory, like my dad, uh, he arrived as we're at the expo and like I had, and this is like, we're doing the expo the day before the race, which I hate doing. Actually, I like doing it two days before the race. That way you don't have to deal with the expo the day before. And you're not in like such a time crunch. And cause like the expo, you can really, um, you can really lose a lot of time and you're also on your feet a bunch. So I like, I hate going to the expo the day before. Um, and like, as we're there, my dad's like, okay, like we're running a little late. I was like, okay, but we made brunch reservations at this time. And it's just like one thing after another, he's like taking his sweet ass time. And I'm like trying to keep my sister like on a schedule. And we, I think we had like bought tickets to a couple things too, yeah, yeah. to just like, and that we had to like scrap as well. Um, so to kind of see, like put myself back in that mind, like that mode and see myself like dealing with it 
like I, I don't think the normal viewer can like tell but, but like me just being like oh man like i am like super tense right now like i know I'm, i think i'm acting like chill and like trying to focus my sister but like man i was really pissed off at that moment there was a few of them. there was one in a i have a couple clips i'll have to send you some of these clips I, I probably just need to make like a raw just like hey here's a bunch of shit i couldn't put in for like reasons of it's not good watching but there's a couple clips where you just like you could just see it in your face like you you couldn't even hide it in some of these clips i was just like yeah i'm not going to use this because i don't want to look like he's just like pissed at the world uh the day before he's like like as you're talking it's like it's the happiest time i've ever been and it's just like you're like ah, i don't look very happy <laughs> <laughs> i would love to see that footage yeah there's uh, yeah, um but i think along those lines just like getting to put myself back in in those emotions like things that as they were happening in the moment and then particularly like boston like you know, the, the, the interview the day before that was great. Like just getting to kind of go through the story again. Um, and I, I mean, I think, I think that's compelling in its own right, just to kind of, you know, most people who don't know much about like what it takes to get into Boston, Oh, they think you qualify. And like, that's a story I had like told thousands of times before when I'm trying to tell people like, no, no, no promise. I'm like a good runner. And like, <laughs> but, no, but, I, I, but I've done, yeah. I've got, I could get there. Like I'm I like, but I'm good. <laughs> they're like they're like have you qualified for boston like yes like just twice already like they're like but have you run it like no and they don't like understand what that's about and like i have to like explain that but also like kind of like justify myself so like getting to kind of just like go through that story again and show like yeah this is something that happened which is why this is actually like so freaking difficult um and then like even in the interim they've made the qualifying standard like even harder so now for men between 30 or under 35 it's sub three hours and they they decrease that across the board so um it's just it's exceedingly difficult i mean as the sport gets more popular it just got so much harder uh to get into this race so just to kind of see me express like try to convey like how difficult this was for me i mean there's a lot of there's a lot more talented runners than me, but just, just to, to, to be able to, 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 to lay it all out there, like why this was so tough for me and like the pain that I went through and the disappointment. Um, and there's kind of relive those emotions. Uh, I think, I think that was, that was pretty good. Um, and then the last thing was just kind of seeing everything around the race, you know, the, the, the pre morning footage, um, you know, it was like super early, uh, and it was like very candid and like, you know, I had been pretty comfortable with the camera at that point. Um, so I was able to kind of just like be a little bit more settled with your presence and just kind of like talk to you, but also like be fine filming. And then just like the footage of me with my dad and just hanging or with my running friends um, is not something that, you know, you have your own memories, but you don't have that third person view of it. Yeah. And then just to get it, you know, even a couple snippets of that third person view um, brought up everything else around the race was like, just kind of like the spark that you need to, 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 you know, remember what it was like being on the bus. And I kind of wish you were there on the bus with us. Cause that was like a great, um, it was a great couple hours as like the weather was changing. And as all of us are like shooting the shit and like just making jokes. And like, there were a couple like really fun moments, um, then, and then just even like the walk up to the start line. And then, you know, even the first mile or so, like, all these things um 
so just to have at least a little bit of footage um, about where I was mentally heading into that day um, kind of brings me back into that moment and, and like made it all more vivid. And, you know, I, I watched it once before you came out here cause you sent me the, the, the pre-screen and then I actually watched it again the following week. Mm-hmm. Um, and like, just like a little since I had seen it already a little more rushed and it was on that second viewing that it, like kind of like a lot of the the emotions and pride kind of welled up and you know I was able to like not view the movie as like oh man I looked stupid in that scene or like <laughs> like like I stumbled over my words in that scene but more just like like man this is like really cool and special to have and like even if no one sees it like I have it my dad has it my sister has it you know it's it's really, and then my girlfriend was like super pumped that she got like 45 minutes of footage of me, like that she gets to see and like watch. Um, so that, that was all really cool. Yeah. I think you brought up a good point with the, uh, the basically the in-between interview footage. I went back and forth to how I wanted to like, to show that I was like, do I make that like additional B-roll, like under your interview, you know, like it, basically and just have like the race and stuff like that but I ended up going to the, it was funny enough that I got a train shot in every single city. I was like, that was random that I was able to do a train in each city to start each city off, but uh, not planned at all. Um, but the idea that I could kind of show this B roll of, you know, the getting ready and stuff like that, but I don't want music. I want raw audio. I want like, this is like to, to kind of do that, to bring someone to that point of this is exactly what it sounds like this is this is your surroundings this is what's actually going on i had done that for a previous film um that was basically it was like two minutes of uh i think the 50k that they do here in town and it was it was i called it the aid station because it was an aid station where you started it was a midway point and then the finish and i just sat at the aid station and didn't talk to anybody i just held a camera up and just filmed what was happening and i did straight cuts no music no anything like that and i think it it tells the story a little better of you're kind of in that zone because if i would have just put music under that people it it wouldn't have had the same effect i don't think so like having that just raw like this is what's happening you know we're sitting you know, you're sitting down trying, you know, listening to your, whatever you were listening to and kind of like relaxing when we were at Boston, um, before the race, but like you hear people talking in the background of like, they're getting their tickets or they're doing whatever. And like, no, like it kind of puts you in the zone. You're like, no, I'm there right now. I can, I can feel what's happening. And then, you know, the crowd, when you, when you're running by a Boston at that 5k mark, like the amount of people you hear in the footsteps, hearing the screams, hearing the cheers, it, it kind of just puts you in that zone. Um, so I think that was probably one of my favorite parts of how I put that together. But I think my absolute favorite part was your final interview of kind of how you wrapped everything up. Like you wrapped, I mean, people can watch that last two minutes. Don't just watch the last two minutes, but you could just watch that last ending piece and kind of get the gist of the entire thing of what this journey meant to you. Cause even the day before, um, the race, when we were shooting you, um, again, like you said, you're going through your story that you've told a million times to people talking about the race and stuff like that. But you still had that, like you still hadn't run it yet. You know what I mean? Like you got there, you were making it to the start line, but you still hadn't done it. And I think for you, I could see that as your friend knowing that, like, as I watched that, is there still, there's still a little bit of the butterfly, still a little bit of the nerves of like, 
I still haven't done it yet. Like I, I still haven't seen that start line. Like it was still the day before the race. Like I haven't seen that start, you know, that anything can still happen. And like, once you cross that finish line, that next day interview was just like, I don't know. It, it was just a different, it, that whole day was a different feeling, you know, cause we shot that, we shot that earlier in the day. Cause that's one of the first things we did, didn't we? We shot that and then we did all the stuff we did. Yeah. And I think we met up with everyone else after yeah. that. So like doing that interview and then just being around that entire day, like you could tell, and as you should be just super proud. And, you know, we, you talked about it in the thing, if you know, you didn't, you didn't hit the time goals that you wanted to, but you, you knew that early wasn't going to happen. And you just enjoyed the hell out of that race. And that's all you really needed to get out of it. But like I said, as your friend seeing that I could, I could see that relief and that final interview like really did it for me is I cut, I may have cut two little like ums and uhs out of that. Other than that, I didn't touch that interview. I was like, this thing is fucking gold and I'm not, I'm not touching it because this is like raw. Like I don't want to mix things together or cut out words. Like everything you said is in that because I felt like it was important enough. Yeah. It's so funny you say that. Cause and, and I think that moment, that transition, it happens at the start line, not at the finish. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's a feeling I had at my first marathon. The one that like, was a for all intents and purposes like a miserable marathon experience (laughs) um but i just remember because that was my first one i was like very emotional as the race started like i was like kind of in tears and sobbing like the first 800 meters just because like what it's like just being able to like start what that symbolizes yeah um and it's almost like you know you still have the whole marathon to run but it's like I did all the work to get here. Like I put everything into this, like, you know, uh, uh, I put all of myself, I put all this time, I put all this effort. And like, now I'm here because I get to do this one very, like in, 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 in relative to like all the other time that goes into it, you know, three hours, four hours is a very short period of time. Mm -hmm. Um, so I think, you know, the, the moment that, you know, I ran, I started my first marathon, that's like a nexus point. And I think even this, that's like a nexus point. Um, but just the, the start of Boston, like I said, is, is a nexus point. Um, you know, I, it would be awesome to like chronicle what all the emotions during the race, you know, like I said, like I was super taken aback by the downhills and like, you know, I, I knew early on that I wasn't gonna, gonna get, get the, the time goal, but you know, I also didn't want to have a negative association mm-hmm. with, with Boston, like I did with that very first race or even just some of the other races that I treated as like business and not like fun. Right. 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 Um, and you know, once I kind of took that burden off of my back or, or all that expectation off of my back and like, I was like, I don't want to walk at Boston. I don't want to like look miserable. Like I don't want to get sick. I don't want to cramp up. Like these are the goals now. And Mm -hmm. like, just make sure when I see family, like, it's fun. It's exciting, you know, engage with the crowd a little bit. I mean, like the best part of the race for me, um, was probably the last mile and a half. Like, you know, I, I, it's, it sucks that no one has footage of this, not even my family, but like I saw them before, uh, as you're running on mass Ave mm-hmm. uh, before you turn up, um, Hereford, I think it is. Mm-hmm. And there's an overpass. It's like the Boston strong overpass. Yep, yep. And I couldn't make it, I like, couldn't make it there fast enough. I was trying to run down the street. 
there had been like three runners, maybe like 15 meters in front of me. And there was like cheers for them. And then there was like a lull and there was like me. And then there was like no one behind me for a little bit. And I was just like, essentially like, are you not entertained kind of a moment? <laughs> I, I didn't say that. That would actually been funnier. Um, but I like pumped the, I pumped the crowd a little and like got them cheering again. So like to, to, you know, to kind of like step out of that feeling of like, you know, you've been in a race where it's just like everything is the wheels fall off and like, you can't really, you're not even like thinking you're just kind of like in this tunnel of pain mm -hmm. to like step out of that and like remember, you know, get to get to in interact with the crowd and have that moment. And then, you know, that put me in a mindset for the last, you know, mile ish, now less than a mile as I'm like, okay, I only get to run down Boylston for the first time once. And like, this is it, you know, this is like, this is the moment mm -hmm. whether I'm running a PR or a, or a personal worst, like this is the, this is what I need to absorb and soak in. Um, and like, you know, I think marathon photo took a couple decent pictures of me just like looking around or like pumping my own chest. And that was just so I can make sure that like, this is, this is what all this is about. You yeah. know, this is like, these are the moments I'm trying to like retain and keep with me and like, all the like the sacrifices for um and then obviously crossing the finish line like that final validation like not only did i qualify for boston for the third time but <laughs> i like i like actually got to do the race and like and like completed and i get my medal and like i'm officially like a boston marathon finisher that was like the culmination of it all yeah yeah i know i know what you're talking about it's like when you hit that as you're approaching the finish, like even with the finish in sight in races that you may not have had the best time, you know, you may not have, it, you didn't fall apart, but it's still just like, you know what? I wish I could have done better. You have those like a little bit of things like, ah, maybe if I did this a little differently, whatever the case may be, but like seeing it, just like the overwhelming joy that comes just knowing you're getting right there. It's like, I get lost in that. I mean, I can't even tell you how many races I've done. I, I lose count now, but like every single time I'm basically in tears when they're playing the national anthem every single start. And then when I get close to the finish, it's the same kind of thing. Like there have been times where Kayla's on the side taking pictures and I don't even see her. I'm like, do we, like I see her after the race. I'm like, did you get some pictures at the finish? I didn't see you there. She's like, I waved to you and was screaming your name and there was no one else around me. Like you should have definitely seen me. This is Jackson, Mississippi. There's 15 people in this town. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's something that I, I wish more people would strive to do. It doesn't necessarily be a marathon, but kind of push your limits and, and see what you're made of. Cause that's, I think in those moments you find out so much more about yourself um, and what you, what you're capable of, you know, things that you didn't think you'd be able to do. I think um, a lot of people can do, a lot of people can get a lot of good if they would stretch themselves that way. Yeah. And it's also, you know, you, I think you learn as much, if not more from the failures as you do the successes. Um, and it's basically, it's putting yourself in like a very vulnerable position. You know, like we talk about how hard the training is. Right. But like you, and I, I think I said it in the movie, like you don't get, you don't get, you don't get into races with, with feelings. You get into races with like times. So like, I think it's so easy to get caught up in, you know, I am a, 259 runner and that's like that puts me in like that means that every person who's ever run a faster marathon than me is like somehow better than me and i think we kind of get in that mindset often 
And just this whole process of like focus, fixating on a time goal or a race goal. And then even when like getting a little bit injured before the race and then like trying to reevaluate the time goals, that whole progression for me or that old evolution and like that helped me evolve my relationship with running. It's like, okay. As, as, so after, after the, the race I ran under three hours, I was like, pretty taxed but again you get right back in that mindset of like okay i just like get back into personal best shape and it's just like well why am you know why am i doing this you know why am i running um and you know i can continue to have these aggressive time goals and you know it's essentially becoming this binary experience like either i like train hard and like the stars align conditions align and I hit this time goal. And thus that is like validating for the last six months or I don't. And now I'm like somehow less than I was six months ago. And for someone who's never, like I said, never going to make money off of running. Like I learned, like I'm very happy about the goals that I, I set and achieved and even the sacrifice that went into it. But I learned that that might not always be the healthiest relationship with running um and that in order for me to and i you know i love this sport i love doing it it makes me feel great um i love my i love being part of the community but in order for this to be like a long-term sustainable thing you have i have to reorient uh what my priorities are or what like what goals mean to me mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. i still you know i, I still have a, a goal I, I would like to get another under three hour marathon just to like prove to myself that it's not a fluke. Um, mm-hmm. not that I have a chip on my back, but it's just kind of like a, you know, that's something to strive for. Yeah. But if I never get that again, no one can ever take away that sub three hour marathon. I at least right. did it, you know? Um, so it's not the purpose. It's not a, a specific time goal for the sake of hitting the time goal. Um, so it's all these, it, it just really helped me kind of like put running in perspective in my life. And it's still a very important part of my life, even though, you know, I've done one 5k in the last year and then now no one's able to do races. <laughs> I, was like, I was like, COVID. is anyone doing races? Yeah. So, uh, and then, and then, but that's even another, I think a lot of people are being forced to have the same realization or at least confront the same realization that I did because of COVID because there aren't races right now. Um, so it's essentially like, why are you training you know, what are you running for? And you have to find these alternate motivations and these alternate purposes, you know, your app, your podcast is aptly named run with purpose. Like what's your purpose? Um, and then, you know, there's this whole conversation happening right now about people running their own time trials and whether that, if they run a personal best in that time trial, whether that counts. And it's like, honestly, like who, at least my, like who cares? Like, like yeah. you, like who, you, you, you don't, it's not going to be on your tombstone, like your 5k, your 3k, your 10k right. personal but, best. But the funny thing is, is the people it's, it's outside looking in saying, do those count? And that sort of thing. It's the same thing like mine. I ran what a 349 or whatever I did when I did my Boston, my virtual Boston. It's like, I don't count that as my marathon PR because I didn't do it at a race. Now, if you say, what's the fastest you've ever run 26.2 miles, I'm going to tell you it's 349. But if you're going to ask what my fastest marathon time is, I consider the marathon a race. And, and so, yeah, but to your point is who gives a shit? What does that matter? Right. Like, what does that prove? Again, to your point, does everyone that's ran 258 and less better than you? No, 
you know, there's, it's not, you can't compare things like that. You mean, you brought up the, the fact of not being an East African, like that's gonna, that's gonna cause some issues and how, how fast you're going to run. Um, and kind of where you fall on that line. But yeah, I mean, I agree. People are having to kind of reassess. I mean, I'm even having to do it, you know, just, you know, had another race cancel. I don't think I texted you told about this, had another one cancel. So like the one that was supposed to be in the month, that one canceled now. And now I, hopefully I have one next month. So like I'm taking a few days of just like trying to get my head straight again. It's like, you know, one or two races was one thing, but it's like, I wanted to do nine this year and I've done two and it's like, shit, like, this is, this is killing me. It's like, and it's back to finding that focus, finding the purpose of it. Like, why am I, why am I on this journey? Like, it's not just to knock out states to get them done and be over with. It's like, this means something to me of like, I want to prove that I can do this because I remember when I was training for my first half marathon, people were like, you're nuts. Why would you ever want to run that far? And I'm like, well, I'll show you, you know, and, and now here I am, you know, talking about it. Yeah. When also this is part of the story, right? Like, Hey, I was on pace. I was going to get it done in 2021. And now like I had this COVID challenge and it's going to take a little bit longer, you know? So, but how do I respond to that? How do I react to that? And then, you know, it was, and then you, you had gotten into the, to the charity spot for Boston and that was going to be your Massachusetts rates. And I had mentioned to you like long before I, you know, I, I would have loved for you to do all the races in the process, get in Boston shape, like, like qualify for Boston and then run Boston as your last race. Like that was, that is like an epic story for me. Like if I was, if I was writing the story of your journey, that's how I would write it. Um, and you know, you have your, you had your own plan and you, you know, this was a very convenient time to do it and you didn't get to do it. And then again, we spoke last, last time you were here about like, well, maybe I'll just, you know, cause I can defer, I guess, two years or something like that. Yeah, two or you're, two like, years or something. you're like, if all, everything works out, Boston might be the last race. Now it doesn't necessarily need to be like a race you qualify for or anything like that, but like this all becomes part of the narrative, right? right like, yeah. you know, and now you have your own like chasing heartbreak kind of a story, you know, yeah. like you were going to do it this year. You couldn't COVID and now like, yeah. Cause the whole plan with Boston too is like, is like, cause I have, I have so much respect for, for people that qualify and get into Boston. And, and I was back and forth internally of like, did I want to do charity stuff? But since my whole, my whole gist is obviously supporting community and supporting people in need and stuff like that. So I was like, you know what? It's not, it's not out of character for me, but there was like certain things. It's like, I'm not buying the jacket because I think the jacket is for people that qualify and finish and stuff like that. And it's just, again, personal things that I, I think, and you know, if someone else did it their own way, so be it, you know, on them. But, um, there's just certain little things that, that had it there, but I knew I wanted Boston to be like, I'm not just going to show up and be like, just knock out like a five hour marathon and just be like, well, could knock off another state. Like I was like, no, like Boston will be my PR. Like I'm going to do it. So I busted my ass in training and, you know, it, you know, I ran, ran a good virtual race. Obviously it's not the same thing as being there on race day, but, but yeah, I think now, like you said, like we talked about is, you know, Boston could very well be number 50. And if it is, you know, who's to say, I don't, you know, try to plan it out and go, you know, maybe we take a, take a full year to 18 months and see, you know, see what we can put down and, you know, do some work. And obviously, you know, every single time I run, I throw 15 minutes off my PR. It's like, shit, maybe I, maybe if I took this a little more seriously, I could actually run a little faster. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> Kayla did that shit when we fit when I finished that one. She goes, see, that wasn't that hard. Now I expect you to do it every single time. And I'm like, well, <laughs> I'm about to die right now. So let's, let's not do that. Um, yeah, that, uh, and the law of diminishing returns is a bitch. Yeah. You know? Well, I mean, like, you saw it on all, on all of your races that you even talked about in the film. Like you're like, okay, I, I got like 30 seconds faster and you're like, okay. Like, yeah. But I mean, there's also too, like there were, you know, the, the race before Indianapolis where I ran Indianapolis in three Oh three, a month after running like a three sixteen in Chicago. Like I thought that going into that Chicago race, yes, I was overtrained, but I thought I was in much better shape like than Indianapolis. And I've had races where I haven't run like my best time that I felt like I was in great shape compared to some other races where I did run a better time. So it's all really, I mean like, and, and then to put in the context of the, the, your virtual race, it's like you put in that work, you ran that time. Clearly you're, it doesn't discount the fact that physically yeah. metabolically you were in that shape. You got yourself to that point where you're in that shape. So like it might not count in terms of like what you see on athlinks.com, but like it counts to like you and like yeah. the story you tell yourself as a runner and your relationship to the sport and your, and your races. Yeah. I think it's the same, same way you kind of talked about with getting the sub three is you, did you technically have to go sub three? No, but like that was your, like I'm doing this shit. And that was my goal. When I ran this one, I was like, I'm running under three fifty. Like it's happening. I don't care what I have to do. I'm making this happen. And I think that that's what that means to me. But yeah, I don't, I don't necessarily worry too much about time really anymore because it's just, I do it to enjoy. I do it to, to f- meet people find stories and kind of just prove to myself that I can do a little more than, than others say I can. Yeah. So, all right, we'll, we'll wrap this thing up, but Mike, thanks for, uh, for joining me on the show today. Um, yeah, man, thanks for having me. This is uh, it's always great to talk about myself. <laughs> <laughs> Allow me to talk about myself for a moment. Yeah. Like, please watch this film about me. I liked your like Netflix and chill. Just watch me for 45 minutes or whatever you post <laughs> on Instagram. Um, but you can find no, but good. I was going to say before you close, I would say all jokes aside, it was pretty special having you there. And, you know, I know you were there business, but it meant a lot to me to have you, have you there and to share that moment with me. And, you know, I can't thank you enough for everything you did for me and my family and, and for, for my running and, you know, everything else. So, yeah. uh, you know, thanks for that. Of course, brother. Anytime, you know, I'm, you know, I'll be there. Any stupid thing. Once we run, uh, was it comrades? What's that one that's yeah. in South Africa? That's happening. Comrades. Yeah. Yeah. Whenever, whenever we're doing that, I'll be there. I won't be filming it. I'll, I'll hopefully be running it as well. Um, but yeah, how can, uh, how can people connect with you on the IG? Um, I don't have the most aggressive Instagram presence, but I do obsessively check it. But if you, uh, if you want to follow me or if you want to ask a question or anything, I'm at at magic Mike MD. Um, pretty proud of that Instagram handle. Um, but other than that, yeah. So, uh, you know, hit me with a follow or send me a direct message or anything like that. Yeah. And he'll be able to answer any questions you have about like all the behind the scenes stuff. That's uh, definitely, uh, there's some there's some interesting stories i think that happen in there that we forget about because we've been so involved with it but yeah uh, thanks mike again for being on the show i know i've said that twice but i really do appreciate you coming out and and having me in la and, and showing me a good time out there and yeah next time we'll go to a bigger house i guess right 
<laughs> we'll tell that story some other yeah, day on, that's, on, on, on the podcast. That's another day. But for everyone else, you can reach out to me on social media everywhere at flores.run and everywhere that matters, AKA really right now, Instagram, because TikTok's going to be dead here soon. Um, you can subscribe, leave a review of the podcast. It's super helpful. It helps all the algorithm nonsense. Um, people find the show. So if you like interviews like this, definitely leave a review. Um, and visit my website at www.flores.run. There's a link to my YouTube page where you can watch Chasing Heartbreak. Um, you can hear all about all this stuff and then go watch it if you haven't watched it. But thank you so much for joining me today. Remember to keep running with purpose one step at a time. And we'll see you next week. Mm-hmm.